Welcome to Trips Tennis Talk, the amateur podcast about professional tennis. The Australian Open quarterfinals are complete. The final four for the men and the women are now set. It's 3.08 a.m. on the West Coast, 10.08 p.m. Wednesday night in Melbourne, Australia. Djokovic just wrapped up his 6-1, 6-2, 6-4 victory over Andre Rublev about 15 minutes ago. So that means it is time for a new podcast. Uh, topic number one on today's show. I'm going to go through the quarterfinals and give a take on each player, the winner and the loser, and a 10,000-foot view on what this result means in the context of their career. The quarterfinals of the eight quarterfinals, seven of them were straight sets, and the other one was a four-setter. Statistically, there's not as much to talk about and to vary up the pod, so it's not a never-ending list of numbers. I want to vary the approach by talking more big-picture hot takey sort of stuff. Let's start with the match that just finished. In the Wednesday night night session on Rod Laver Arena, number four seed Novak Djokovic takes out number five seed Andre Rublev 6-1, 6-2, 6-4 in just over two hours. The first couple of sets were slightly more competitive than the scoreline suggested. The first set was one all. Djokovic reeled off five games, 6-1. Rublev was up one love in the second, got one game for 6-2. The third set was probably the least competitive, but it had the most games for 6-4. I do think that if things had gone the other way, the first couple of sets could have been more competitive. Rublev had five breakpoint chances but couldn't capitalize. Djokovic had 14 chances and only got five, which meant that there were many games in the first couple of sets that went to deuce, which gave the set a competitive feel, even though Djokovic won most of those deuce games. Djokovic has looked really good, hasn't he? He destroyed Damon R the other day, and today he destroys a top-five seed at a major, Even with his supposed hamstring problems, Djokovic is looking really good. He and Tsitsipas are definitely the top two contenders here, but it's hard to see Djokovic not taking the trophy with the way that he's playing. And Djokovic is within a couple of Grand Slams of Roger Federer now in the Grand Slam semifinals department. He could catch him later this year if he makes it. Before the match was over, it was 46 for Federer to 44 for Djokovic. So now it's 46 to 45. Djokovic could tie him at Roland Garros and pass him at Wimbledon if he makes two more. Djokovic is well ahead of Rafa, 45 to 38 in terms of Grand Slam semifinals. He's probably got that one wrapped up the advantage over Rafa there. 
Djokovic is into the Australian Open semifinal for the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10th time, which is actually the least of the four Grand Slams. But unlike the other majors, in the semifinals and the final, he is undefeated. What would that be? So 9, 18-0 plus today, so he'd be 19-0 and 0 in Australian Open semifinals and finals. That's analogous to Rafa at Roland Garros, where he's never lost in the final there. For Rublev, he did not play well. He did not compete well. It started for Rublev in the interview on court after he beat Runa. He basically intimated that he thought he had no chance and he wasn't looking forward to playing Djokovic. I appreciate the truth there, but maybe it's not wise to say that publicly because it became a self-fulfilling prophecy. Especially in the second half of the match today, Rublev was very frustrated. He was obviously not enjoying himself. He was yelling at his coaching box. He was trying to end points quickly. He was rushing. And when the match was over, he got the heck out of there. Rublev has been to seven major quarterfinals, and he has not won one yet. He is 0 for 7 in major quarterfinals. And for the larger view, he's going to have to make some changes or get a lucky draw to make a semi or better. He's in the Burditch range right now, 5 to 8, get to the quarters, maybe get to a semi or two, maybe further if he gets very lucky. But at the moment, he is a middle-of-the-second-week player, and he's not good enough to get past that at the moment. Rublev definitely has some work to do. In the, Let's go backwards in time now. The last match of the day session... Tommy Paul defeated Ben Shelton, 7-6-6-3-5-7-6-4, in just over three hours. It was uh, an All-American matchup, which was a nice moment. Tommy Paul gets to his first career Grand Slam semifinal, and it is up to him. He will have a shot to break the streak of an American man not making a Grand Slam final in singles, since Andy Roddick at the 2009 Wimbledon Championships. Ben Shelton is already ranked in the top 100, which I didn't necessarily know. I watched a little bit of this match. It was the first time I really sat down to watch Tommy Paul or Ben Shelton play, and it was interesting. We'll definitely be seeing more of them, you'd hope anyway. Ben Shelton, this is really only the beginning for him, It'll be interesting to see how he goes forward from here. But an awesome first trip out of the country. And Tommy Paul is moving on as well. In the second women's match, earlier in the afternoon, number five, Arena Sabalenka, routined Donna Vekic 6-3-6-2. Vekic said herself that she didn't serve very well. She said her serve was all over the place, but mostly in the net. That was a good quote. Sabalenka's playing very, very well, and she moves on to the next round. 
In the first match of the day, Magda Lynette surprised Karolina Pliskova, 6-3-7-5. Pliskova did not play well. She was heavily favored to win this. And Pliskova not taking advantage of an opportunity, shall we say, is par for the course. And I'm going to spare Pliskova further criticism. But hey, good for Magdalenette. Before the tournament started, if you go back and listen to the pre-tournament podcast, I said the third quarter of the draw was the weakest. And this is the third quarter of the draw. Magdalenette comes out of that quarter. So that was good analysis by me. Those were the four matches for today. Going back to yesterday, because I didn't cover it. In the night match yesterday, Sitsipas routined Lehechka, 6-3-7-6-6-4. For Sitsipas, he's kind of off-brand Novak Djokovic, in the sense that Australia is becoming his best Grand Slam. In the last five, one, two, three, four, five, he's made the semifinals in four of the last five years. And yes, he has made a, a final at the Roland Garros, and he hasn't made a final at the Australian Open. But in terms of consistency, Australia is his best major at the moment. And he will look to break the semifinal duck in Australia against Karen Hatchinov, the 18 seed who beat Seb Korda, the 29 seed, by benefit of retirement. 7-6-6-3-3-love retired. It was a wrist issue for Seb Korda. For Kachanov, he's made the semifinals of two Grand Slams in a row, two hardcourt majors in a row, made the semifinals of the U.S., and now semis here in Australia. The Tennis Podcast Twitter was calling him a Grand Slam specialist. I don't know if... You can say that based on a two Grand Slam sample size. Let's take a look at Kachanov's draw here. He beat in the first. He beat Zapata, Morales, Kubler, Tiafo, good win, Nishioka, and Korda to get to the semis. I would think that he was a beneficiary of a good draw. Yes, he beat the players, and you have to play good matches and all that. But he also had a very nice draw to get to the semis. In the women's matches yesterday, Rabakina beat Ostapenko in a matchup of Grand Slam winners, 6-2-6-4. And Azarenka upset Jessica Pagula, 6-4-6-1. Very disappointing result for Pagula. And apparently the end of that second set there, 6-1, was not too pretty. Pagula did not play very well down the stretch of that match. I'm very surprised that she didn't win. Pagula was picked by many people to win the tournament. I kind of feel like this was her moment with Sviantek out, with Jabor out, with a lot of the top contenders out. Yes, Azarenka is a good player, but prior to this week... The book on Azarenka was that her best days were kind of behind her. So Pagula would be disappointed with this loss. But hey, Victoria Azarenka back in the semifinals of the Australian Open 
for the first time since she won it most recently in 2013. And this was her first win against a top five player at a Grand Slam since 2012 when she had a win over Maria Sharapova. Crazy stat. I've always liked Azarenka. I've enjoyed watching her. And 10 years on from her last Grand Slam victory, she's back in the semis. And she hasn't had that many good results at the majors in the last several years besides the one U.S. Open final that she made. So this result really kind of came out of nowhere for Azarenka. And those were your quarterfinal matchups. Let's move on to topic three. Let's take a look at the draws. So here are your draws for the semifinals. Women's semis. Number 22, Elena Rabakina of Kazakhstan versus number 24, Victoria Azarenka of Belarus. Magda Lynette of Poland versus number 5 seed, Arena Sabalenka from Belarus. That second semifinal there is Poland versus Belarus. Poland is, of course, a border country to Ukraine. Take so, border country versus a banned country in tennis terms. It could be an all-Belarus final if Azarenka and Sabalenka win. And the other semi is a Russian player that plays for Kazakhstan against a Belarusian player. So, tennis has a Russian two and two Belarusians and a Polish player in the semis. Interesting, isn't it? The men's semis. Number 18, Karen Hachinov of, you guessed it, Russia, versus number 3, Stefanos Tsitsipas of Greece. Number 4, Novak Djokovic of Serbia, versus Tommy Paul of the United States. Something I haven't talked about yet during this tournament is the rankings. So topic four, I want to take a couple of moments to look at that now. Let's take a look at both the race and the live rankings. Let's do the WTA first. Let's take a look at the live WTA race. As you would expect, your four semifinalists are... Actually, that's not... Yeah, No, it is correct. Your four semifinalists are the top four in the race right now. Sabalenka's number one. Azarenka is 2, Lynette is 3, and Rabakina is 4. 5 through 8, Pagula, Bencic, Goff, and Vekic. And your top 10, Ostapenko and Pliskova rounded out. Taking a look at the WTA Live ranking, which is much more predictive in January than the race rankings. Sviantec will still be number 1. And Jabor is 2, Pagula 3 at the moment. Sabalenka is 4, Rabakina 12, Azarenka 16. Magdalenette will be at a career high of 22. Sabalenka would be number 2 if she won the title, but she's number 4 right now. Going over to the ATP, let's take a look at the ATP race again, which is just the points since January 1st. Your four semifinalists are on top. 
Djokovic one, Sitsipas two narrowly, Kachanov just behind at three, and then Tommy Paul number four, five through eight, Ben Shelton, Seb Korda, Yuri Lehechka, Cam Nori, unusual names up there, and your top ten Rublev Fritz, and your live ATP ranking. Alcaraz is number one, Djokovic up to two, Kasper Ruud three, Sitsipas four, five through eight, Rublev, Nadal, Ajay Aliassim, and Fritz, your top ten, Runa and Hercotch. Runa will be at a career high of number nine, Kachanov's 13, and Tommy Paul is 19, he will be at a new career high. Let's take a look. Topic 5, the schedule for Thursday, January 26th. The feature is the women's semifinals. Let me look at the doubles schedule real quick. Do I have the right day here? Yeah. Men's doubles, there's one of them. Is there just one? Junior, quad, men's legends wheelchair oh yeah okay there's two of them okay okay so here is the schedule for thursday january 26th men's doubles semifinals they begin at 9 p.m eastern first up shardy and martin versus nice and zelinski 10 30 p.m eastern wild cards australian players uh, Hijikata and Kubler against the number eight seeds, Granoliers and Zabios. Those matches will be on ESPN Plus. Then the night session, the women's semifinals in singles, 3:30 a.m. Eastern start time. Rabakina and Azarenka is first, and second up, Lynette versus Sabalenka. TV coverage, cable coverage, for the women's semifinals. Begins at 3.30 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. Yes, ESPN is going to have the night matches on cable and on the main cable channel. Wow, what a novel concept. And I think that's going to do it for today's pod. Nice little brief one. Hopefully it'll be in your inbox for the morning time commute or morning coffee break or whatever. Because that's the intent here. Thanks for listening. This is Trips Tennis Talk, the amateur podcast about professional tennis. This podcast was brought to you by Oregon Productions, and we'll see you next time. Bye!